630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, so Kyle Turris gets a two-year deal from the Oilers. $1.65 million per year. That'll be the cap hit. Tyler Ennis returns. One-year contract, $1 million. And some guys providing some organizational depth also signed. Center Alan Quine, goaltender Anton Forsberg, and forward Seth Griffith. You could expect most of the or those guys to spend most of their time in Bakersfield in the uh, American Hockey League. Forsberg coming in as an organizational number three three goaltender so the Oilers get a couple guys but they are still looking for others and that'll be a big part of our discussion tonight also Matt Benning not qualified by the Oilers earlier this week became an unrestricted free agent signs with the Nashville Predators he'll join us between 6 30 and 7 and of course as the Oilers work on the roster a bit here I'm happy to hear from you a lot of people weighed in yesterday thinking, uh, letting me know what you think the Oilers should do. Well, now that they've done some of the stuff and still have a little bit more to do and some of the guys they might have wanted are gone, some might still be out there. Uh, Phone lines are open. Text line, of course, is open. Uh, Remember, don't use a rotary phone if you're texting. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. We'll also check in with Marty Baron tonight. He's always fun to talk to. His perspective on the goaltending carousel in the National Hockey League. Braden Holtby going to Vancouver. Jacob Markstrom, one of the big-name free agents out there, goes to the Calgary Flames. And Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary will check in a little bit later on. TJ Brody, by the way, leaving the Flames. He goes and signs with the Toronto Maple but of course uh, heavily focused on the Edmonton Oilers tonight my name is Reed Wilkins thanks a lot for tuning in happy Thanksgiving weekend obviously going to be different in terms of how we can gather and eat and all that fun stuff but hope there is uh, something that you're thinking about this weekend that makes you feel good makes you feel thankful and even if you can't be uh, with your loved ones that you can be in touch with them in some way and I really do appreciate that you're tuning in tonight okay let's uh, let's dive into some of the clips that we have here and uh, let you hear what people are saying and thinking about becoming Edmonton Oilers here we go Kyle Turris Why'd you pick Edmonton? A great team moving in the right direction with uh, two of the best players in the world, um, a, a great coach, and uh, a good young group that, that like I said, is, is maturing and moving in the right direction. And I, I really feel the, the opportunity to win here is, is coming. Kyle Turris, last year with the Nashville Predators, exactly half a point per game. He had 31 points in 62 games, nine goals. The previous year with the Predators, he played 55 games. He had 23 points. He has had some very productive seasons. They were a while ago, 64 points in 14-15 with the Senators. The year the Senators had that miracle run to the Eastern Conference Finals, he had 55 points in the regular season, 10 more points in 19 playoff games. That was the year Ottawa was eliminated in Game 7 overtime by the Pittsburgh Penguins. He got a big contract from the Predators, six years, $36 million. Earlier this week, they decided to buy out Kyle Turris. And uh, as we talked about a bit on the show last night, the Predators saying, look, we needed him to be a primary scorer, and he simply wasn't that. So I look at Turris. He comes to Edmonton. He is going to be the third-line center. That's certainly the slot he'll get to begin with. Right-hand shot, uh, okay in face-offs, kind of around 50% for his career. He's had some ups and downs there, as a lot of centers do. 
So I, I think this is a relatively low-risk signing by the Oilers. If he comes in and he is around half a point per game, that's more than the Oilers have got from a third-line center since, well, we might have to check the record books. Nothing pops into my head. There are two ways to look at this. In in terms of Turris's raw production and the points he get, which he gets or will get, which is going to be significant, but I also think if you look at Turris, there is a very good bet he is going to be better than Riley Sheehan or Gaetan Haas or Jujar Kara or some of the other players that the Oilers used on their bottom two lines as a center last season. And here is Turris telling you a little bit about his game. You know, I, I really take pride in, in my defensive game and being a strong two-way centerman, but I, I love offense. You know, I love creating. I love... Uh, um, contributing offensively and and I think I think that's a, a really big part of my game that um, I I think I did a, a good job of in Ottawa that um, you know I didn't do such a good job of in Nashville but I, I want to get back to that and contributing more offensively all right so look if he can uh, if he can contribute more than he did offensively the last two years in Nashville that is going to be great. But again, I really think if he's a half a point per game player as a third line center and you're behind Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and you can provide a little bit of depth in that in that role, then I think he's going to be okay. Now, the concerns about Kyle Turris is that he's on a steep decline towards the end of his NHL career. That's the, that's the worst case scenario. If that comes true, well, it's certainly going to hurt the Oilers. They're kind of, they're kind of going to be in the same situation they have been in recent years, trying to find depth on the bottom six. Um, you know, at the price point, you could probably uh, try to get out of the deal next summer if it turns out to be that bad. A buyout, make them available in the expansion draft, whatever. So that's how I, that's how I look at Turris. I, I think it's a, a low-risk move by the Oilers, it's for sure, obviously, would hurt if it doesn't turn out. I mean, look, we know what the Oilers are trying to build here. We know the players they're building around. But I think it has the potential to be a pretty good move. And tourists seem genuinely thrilled about coming to join the Edmonton Oilers. General Manager Ken Holland on signing tourists. You know, he wanted to win. He wanted to go to a team that he thought he uh, could, 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 could contribute. And uh, also had a chance to win. And he sees, feels that uh, we offered that. Um, you know, from us, obviously, he's a veteran veteran player. I know that uh, it's been, a, I think, a bit of a struggle for him in Nashville. Obviously, he got bought out, but uh, certainly he was a key player in, uh, in in Ottawa, when especially when they went to their run of uh, Game 7 of the third round against Pittsburgh. So he shoots right. Um, he, he, we, we believe he can uh, give us some secondary scoring in the bottom six, and uh, um, shoots right, gives us a, a right shot center Iceman to go along our left shot center Iceman. And obviously he's a, he's a veteran guy and he's been in the league for a long time. All right. So that is the lowdown on Kyle Turris. So Ken Holland said earlier in the week, as we are preparing for today, he wants a third line center. He wants a goaltender. Well, we don't have that. Free agency does continue, of course. But, you know, Jacob Markstrom is gone. Anton Hadobin stayed with Dallas. Braden Holtby went to Vancouver, uh, just to list some of the names out there. 
So this is not going to be uh, easy for the Oilers to find a goaltender. Maybe they have to wind up making a trade, and I'm already getting a couple texts uh, like tourists, but still, but still need a goaltender. That's fair enough. So what's going on? Uh, there were there were multiple uh, national hockey reporters. I was watching a lot of TSN's coverage that the Oilers were there on Markstrom. The Oilers and Flames especially were hanging around. Vancouver was trying to hang on to him. All that kind of stuff. Ken Holland was asked about the team's interest in Markstrom. We had our eyes on Markstrom probably like a lot of other teams did. Um, you know, you'd have to ask him why he made the decisions. You know, his decision ultimately, he had a lot of options and uh, uh, obviously made a decision to go sign uh, in Calgary. Um you know, I've got a board upstairs with all my, you know, all our people in there. And, uh, we, you know, we keep, we, we know how much money we've got. We keep moving the boxes around the numbers from one box to another box. So, uh, um, you know, a little more money in the goalie position meant a little less money in this position. Obviously, I've got Ethan Bear, who's a, a restricted free agent. I know that uh, I got to get him. Ethan signed to a contract uh, before the season starts. So, uh, um you know, so the money moves around. You know, one box affects another box. Uh, you know, the defense box that I'm talking about, the goalie box, the what we what I pay Ethan Bear. So, uh, um, little more here, little less there. It's got to always add up to the certain amount to uh, to remain under the um, to be ready to be. You know, uh, salary cap friendly when uh, when 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 we have to be. So it, uh, so here's the thing. It's six million for Markstrom. Quite frankly, the Oilers don't have it. You can go to cap friendly, projected cap space, basically $5 million. They got to pay Ethan Bear. And Holland also said today he is not in on the big fish defenseman. So I think you can read into that, Alex Petrangelo. I think you can read into that, Tyson Berry, who I talked a lot uh, about on this show. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Maybe they'll circle back to him. So Holland said, you know, you got to try to get an under-the-radar defenseman, preferably someone who's a veteran who could maybe fill some of the role Oscar Clefbaum filled, uh, if not all of it. Maybe that's going to have to be shared by a lot of people. So that's the nuts and bolts there. I will get to some of your feedback on the text line, have some good thoughts coming in. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Tyler Ennis and Matt Benning as we roll along tonight on Inside Sports. Yankees leading Tampa Bay, 1-0, bottom of the fourth. Game five of best of five in the American League. Game five of the NBA Finals tonight at seven. The Lakers will try to finish off the heat. Also seeing the Edmonton Oilers have uh, just tweeted out that Darnell Nurse and Michaela got engaged today. Congratulations to Darnell Nurse. 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. I will... uh, Getting a lot of texts. If I don't specifically read yours on air, do not be offended. Uh, but I do read them all to myself, and I do appreciate them. Well, I appreciate most of them, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin says, uh, I know I'm looking until next year's free agency already, but I keep hearing how the Oilers will be in a better position cap-wise. I went on on, on cap-friendly. I don't see how they're going to have any more money than they had this year. Uh, fair question. I mean, uh, Chris Russell and Adam Larson both going into the final years of their contract. That's a little over $8 million. So I guess that's kind of what they had going into this free agency. Um, 
Chase on's a UFA after this year. There's a couple million dollars. This is assuming these players don't come back. Uh, Jujar Kara's an RFA at 1.2. So there, there could be a little more than they had going into this year. But, uh, yeah, fair question, especially with the flat cap for sure. Cowtown Bob says, I was a little disappointed that the Oilers didn't get a goalie in free agency, but I always figured it would be a difficult financial juggle for Ken Holland. I've always believed they will part with a good defenseman and trade for a quality goalie. There's little doubt the Oilers need improvement in goal, and now there is no other option than to make a significant trade. Happy Thanksgiving. That's from Cowtown Bob. Happy Thanksgiving back to you. Thanks a lot for listening. Keith says... Markstrom is not a $6 million goaltender. The Flames will regret this signing in less than three years. Keith coming in with the big-time prediction. Keith, I appreciate that. We'll see how it plays out. Jason says, I would say move Zach Cassian, but, his con- but is his contract even tradable at 3.2 for like three more years? Pre-COVID, it was okay. Not great, but with the flat cap, the Cassian contract doesn't look great. Jason, you know, I, you make an interesting point about Cassian's contract, and he, he didn't obviously have a good playoff, and he actually has four years left on the contract because it'll kick in for, for this season, for the next season, whenever that is, at 3.2. Rob Brown and I have talked about it several times. If Zach Cassian plays in the top six, and if he is on McDavid's wing and is crashing and banging and and uh, flying out there with McDavid and finishing the odd play, then that probably is a decent deal. But if Cassian is pushed down and winds up in the bottom six, 3.2 might be a lot to, to play to pay even your third-line winger. So I, I think that's a fair comment. Now, I'm not saying that they are looking to trade him. I don't think they're at that point. But uh, I understand what you're saying. Oh, and Jason, I saw you did correct that. Thank you very much. Uh, Farmer Kevin, so Reed, does this mean that Darnell is under contract and no longer a free agent? Oh, referring to his uh, <laughs> to his engagement. Yes, Farmer Kevin, that's a clever way to put it. Thank you for that. Okay. Uh, Cal says, do you suspect Corpusalo or Merzlikens are still available? Uh, you know what, Cal? I'm not going to BS you. I wasn't following that too much today because of all the other stuff I was following, but I, I think I saw something that uh, that Columbus was still talking about moving one of those two goaltenders, but I haven't seen anything specific. But yeah, you wonder if the Oilers are going to have to go to the trade route now with a goaltender. Also seeing that uh, Elliot Friedman, some stuff's still going to happen on the fly, guys, even though I think the Oilers are going to be quiet for today. And things could happen over the weekend, right? We could be talking next week about new players I believe Elliot Friedman reported that it looks like Tory Krug is going to the St. Louis Blues, who was another uh, big-name free agent out there. So we'll keep an eye on that being confirmed as well. All right. Rocket says, here's my take thus far. We have a third line now, possibly, that has a lot of potential punch. Yessi Pugliarvi, Turris, and maybe Ennis possibly cost just over $3 million. Love it thus far. That is from Rocket. Well, yeah, I, I don't know where Pooley going to play. Don't forget um, Archibald is still in the mix. And I think he's kind of a pretty good third-line player as well uh, who can play uh, with some versatility when needed. Somebody texting in, I think it's from Rav, Thomas Grice. Yeah, Thomas Grice is 
the thing about Grace, isn't he 35 already? Thomas Grace is 34. He's going to be 35 in January. He's had pretty good years with the Islanders. Um, uh, really, I guess two of his best years. Well, he had a 925 with the Islanders back in 15-16. He was a goaltender that split a lot of time. You know, that'd probably be more of a 50-50 split with Koskinen. I, I think he probably benefited from the Islanders playing, let's face it, the Islanders played better defensively uh, than the Oilers have most of the time. Barry Trotz had a big impact there. I don't know if Grice would be at the top of my list simply because of his his age, but uh, I, I did see some people considering him earlier in the day too. Okay, we got to take a timeout. We'll still get to some comments from Tyler Ennis, Matt Benning coming up as well. You can keep your texts coming. Feel free to phone in if you want. 780-496-0063. All right, so the St. Louis Blues making it official. They do indeed sign Tory Krug seven years Six and a half million dollars per season for Tory Krug in St. Louis. So I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that Alex Petrangelo will not be staying in St. Louis. Tyson Berry remains available as well after spending last year with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that is one of the uh, more prominent signings of the day. I guess Krug going to St. Louis and Markstrom going to the Calgary Flames, which we'll discuss a little more later on the show. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. one nothing for the Yankees over the Rays. That is in the bottom of the fourth. We'll keep you updated. Game 5 of the NBA Finals will tip off in about half an hour. 780-496-0063. Getting a lot of your feedback uh, tonight. Again, if I don't read your text on air, don't be offended. Won't have time for all of them. Phone lines, of course, are open if you are inclined to give me a call. Yakashev typing in. He says the Oilers should have put more effort into acquiring Holtby. Holtby went to Vancouver if you missed it. He says the home cooking would have rejuvenated him. If they don't have that amount of money available, then they better accept the fact they will have to play with the type of goalies they have. Well, fair comment about the money. I, look, I, I can tell you this. From from what I heard from the uh, the fellows I still talk to back in Lloyd Minster, the scuttle was that Braden Holtby did not want to play for the Edmonton Oilers and that he did not want to play that close to home for whatever reasons he had. So that's all I can tell you there. That That is what I have heard. Uh, I did not hear that directly from Braden Holtby himself. I did hear it from a couple of different people who uh, I don't think have any reason to mislead me and who I do think would have some knowledge of, of Holtby's situation. So I'll just pass that along and you can do with it what you will. Don says, Reed, the purpose of free agency is to upgrade the team. Do you see the Oilers any closer to making the playoffs or a Stanley Cup run after today? Well, uh, they did make the playoffs last year, even though they lost in the qualifying round. It does count as a playoff appearance, and they were in the top 16 in the NHL. They were 12th in points percentage. I, I was talking about this earlier in the week, and first of all, Don, we don't have complete information to answer that question because I, I still don't know who the second goaltender is going to be. Is it going to be a caliber of a goaltender that I would have hoped they could get? Probably not, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad goaltender. And again, is it somebody that can keep Miko Koskinen playing around 40, you know, 35 to 40% of the games? Because I think Koskinen's better in that situation. But as, as I said a few days ago, I, I, the Oilers are the Oilers last year had a good team. And I realize as Oilers fans, you're used to seeing really crappy teams and you're sick of losing and coming up short. 
but I would not put last year's team in the same category as the decade of darkness teams, or even the two teams that missed the playoffs after they made it in 2017. Last year's team was a good team. It had a supernatural power play. They had exceptional penalty killing and they had some high end players who did really, really well. Uh, They weren't deep enough. They didn't play with enough uh, thoroughness and concentration and grittiness, quite frankly, in the playoffs. And they were eliminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. Can they get significantly better going into next year? As I said earlier in the week, I think that is going to be difficult to do. I think that they uh, should have a great power play again. I think the penalty killing is probably going to drop off. That's just the law of averages. I think Turris is a nice addition to give them a little bit of depth, maybe make them better five-on-five. There's questions about the defense, um, especially if Kleppbaum is going to miss part of the year. But, you know, I I think they do have some players internally, you know, Caleb Jones who can play a little bit more. So for that reason, uh, I mean, do I think the Oilers can again finish between ninth and 14th overall? Yeah, probably. Do I think they can ascend into the top five or six and be on a really short list of Stanley Cup contenders? Well, if I'm talking to you right now, probably four months before the season even starts because it might not be until February. No, I couldn't sit here and tell you that the Oilers can be a Stanley Cup tender. Do I think they can be a playoff team based on their high-end guys on their power play and sort of being able to get by in some other areas? Yes, I do. That's what I think. Don, you can tell me what you think. Uh, sunny in Vancouver. Is it ever sunny in Vancouver? Oh, that's his name. He says, Hey Reed. Uh, Oh, now I lost it. I'm getting so many texts. They're refreshing here. If Vegas is going after Petrangelo, they're going to need cap space. They should try to squeeze Vegas for 50% retention on Florian Martinez. Martinez salary covered by Clefbaum LTIR. Sonny, uh, I'll, I'll just focus on the flurry part of that text. And I think that remains a possibility that the Oilers get Marc-Andre Fleury and Vegas retain some salary. I'm glad you wrote in and brought up that player because I think that is something that might be uh, higher on the spectrum of realism when the, uh, you know, in terms of getting a goaltender. Rob in Capilano. Rob, how are things in Capilano? How's the mall doing? You know what people in uh, Capilano call Capilano Mall? The mall. And they call West Edmonton Mall, West Edmonton Mall. Rob says, what about Skinner in Bakersfield? How has he progressed? Okay, good question. Look, they signed Anton Forsberg to be an organizational number three. So I think if they have to call a goaltender up, they call up Forsberg. And he has played a few NHL games over the course of his career. Um, And then Skinner plays... In Bakersfield, Holland has said earlier he wants him to be the uh, the guy in the AHL. I still think if you ask some people with the Oilers, they would say that Olivier Rod- Rodrigue is um, Olivier Rodrigue is uh, is the Oilers' best goaltending prospect. Kevin says Mark Andre Fleury has the Oilers on his no trade list. Did he? Did his no trade list become public? Kevin, you'll have to send me that again. I don't remember seeing that. That doesn't mean it's not true. And a lot of stuff has uh, bounced off my uh, eyes and social media the last few days. But uh, send me that link if you got it. 
but obviously that would kill the Mark Andre Fleury speculation right there. Uh, former D-man Mark, 114th in Norris Trophy voting in 1983, he says, uh, "Hey Reed, who are these Debbie Downers? The Oilers would have been a playoff team had the season been a full one." They more than likely would have finished second in their division. Their defense was crap in the play-in round. Let's get real. If the Oilers can acquire a replacement for Clefbaum, they'll be set. I hope their D will be ready or at least more ready to handle the pressure. That is former D-man Mark checking in tonight. We got Darren on the phone, 780-496-0063. Darren, go ahead. Hey there. Um, Just with everything going on with Markstrom and number one goalies, uh, my thought is that they might just bring someone in, uh, someone like Mike Smith. Um, I think Koskinen's kind of proven himself that he can handle more of a workload. Just kind of your thoughts on that. Uh, I, I, the thing that makes me nervous about more workload for Koskinen is, is what happened the previous year when he got up to, what was it, 55 games and he had to play all those at the end of the year. Then remember everything was beating him glove side high. That would be my concern about Koskinen playing like up around 60, 65% of the games. Yeah, I was just thinking that the Oilers defense at the time was not near what it's like now. So he went. Well, no, that's true. That's true. They finished that year under Hitch with, I think they had six or seven AHLers on their roster, like Curry, Gambardella, guys like that. I know those aren't defensemen, but. Yeah, fair, fair point. I, I, I'd be comfortable if Koskinen. I, I'd be more comfortable if Koskinen split it with someone fifty-fifty, and then probably most comfortable if it was sixty-forty with Koskinen getting the forty percent. But you, you have a little more faith in him than I do, by the sounds of it. Well, just just his past, I feel like, um, like playoffs, it didn't seem like a lot of the goals are his uh, his fault directly. Um, Nine eighteen save percentage in a league that has more scoring now. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Toskinen is worth more of a shot now. So, Yeah, well, fair comment. I mean, his, his save percentage was almost identical to Markstrom. So I, I think you're fair to bring that up. Thanks for calling, Darren. Thanks. Uh, okay, Kevin texting in. Uh, I did not hear all of Oilers now today because I was covering some other free agency stuff. Uh, I guess Friedman said to Bob that Fleury doesn't want to come to Edmonton. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, this texture says the Kyle Turris acquisition is good. Losing Benning is bad. Who's going to be on the bottom six now? Don't see much of a change in my prediction of the Oilers not making a splash next season. And uh, playing in the final 16 is making the playoffs, not just making the play-in round. Okay, to that texture, don't start the argument with me that the Oilers didn't make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. All 24 teams are given a playoff position. That's how the NHL is officially ruling it. And as Mark said in his text a couple minutes ago, if they'd finished the regular season, the Oilers probably would have been second in their division and would have been in the playoffs. So don't give me that, that because they lost Chicago, they weren't lost to Chicago, they weren't in the playoffs because they were. That's how it's going to be recorded. So don't waste my time with that argument tonight. It actually annoys me that you would send that in. 780-496-0063. Tyler Ennis, uh, he was injured in the postseason. Tells you about the hit and the injury. Injury was unfortunate um, and frustrating. Um, But if you're wondering if I thought it was dirty or anything, I don't think it was dirty at all. I was just in a weird spot when I went and got back 
and, and picked up the puck, I knew I was in a tough spot. And yeah, I think it was clean. It was it was more my fault, really. But the rehab's going really well. Um, I skated today um, with our trainers. I worked out, so um, it's going really well. It's it's been a good uh, you know process. Obviously frustrating, but things are moving along smoothly. Yeah, I had surgery on my ankle, and um, so I had I broke my my outside bone, I guess, on my my leg. I don't I'm, I don't know exactly what bone it is, but um, yeah, so I, I got the ankle fixed up, and we've been doing a lot of work rehabbing and um, skating, and I think we're ahead of schedule, which is nice, and the trainers have been doing an awesome job. You know, it hasn't been easy with COVID and, you know, availability in buildings and stuff, but they've been coming over to my house. I've been going over, you know, to their places, and um, I've been, you know, lucky that the staff has been working so hard because we've been at it every day. Um, and I skated, you know, three times this week. I feel better every single day. And um, so a lot of thanks go to them for, for working so hard for me. All right. It's a little bit from Tyler Ennis. Uh, the Fawns writing in. It, as the Fonz was composing this text, he also slapped a uh, pinball machine and made it work after it was malfunctioning. He says, Koskinen is a number one goaltender with a number one D group, period. I got to be honest with you guys. I think many of you are a little higher on Koskinen than I am. I, I think he's 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 a really good number two goaltender. Uh, again, who is really good if he plays about 40% of the games. Maybe I'll be wrong. Mark is on the line. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Reed. How are you doing tonight? Good. Good. No, I just wanted to comment a little bit on uh, on some contracts. I mean, you, you had a, somebody text in about Zach Cassian, and I don't like that contract. I mean, the contract is too long. It's for too much money. But what does Zach Cassian bring to the table? You know, I think Zach Cassian brings something to the table that, quite frankly, no other oiler brings to the table with exception of maybe Darnell Nurse. He brings that toughness that this club wanted for years. So, you know, I think anybody that talks about just disposing of Zach Cassian, it's definitely throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I, you know, would I love to see him making one and a half to two? Absolutely. But, you know, the Oilers are no different than any other club in the league. I mean, there's tons of clubs in the league with terrible contracts, and his just happens to be one. I mean, obviously, if he was playing on the first line and he managed 40 to 50 points, nobody would say a darn thing about that contract because it would be great. I mean, even at 30, it would be fantastic. But anyway, what they did today is exactly what the Oilers need to do. It's what I've been preaching now for what seems like months. They need value contracts. And what they got today was value contracts. Those contracts last year... Uh, sorry, assuming there was nothing, uh, there was no COVID, uh, those contracts this year would be more money than what they're currently uh, what they're currently shelling out. They have to keep doing that. As for a goalie, we'd love to get Flurry here, but the problem with getting Flurry here is the Koskinen contract, which is another contract I didn't like. I didn't like it for a variety of reasons. It was too long. It was too much money, and they had a some kind of a no trade quasi no trade clause on it uh the only way you're getting flurry here is if you get Koskinen out the door and i'm not sure who's taking that contract so i can't see that happening now um 
uh, Bob had mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of alternatives uh, to a flurry. Uh, you know, one of which was it would have been a Crawford. Another one would have been an Anderson. And he mentioned about a couple of other names. Uh, obviously, their goalie from last year. You know, there's nothing wrong with that as a backup. And I think Crawford, if you can pick him up, if he's still got game left in him, if you can pick him up for one and a half, I'd love to get him for one and a half, one and a half to two. I think that solves our goaltending problem. Our issue right now is defense, defense, defense that's it if we can all right we can manage to get tyson berry in the fold i don't think we're going to have a problem in the defensive end but i know i know i'm rambling on but one last item anybody that thinks that we're going to have an 80 game season next year not happening well no it won't it'll be 60 at the most somewhere between 40 and 60 games depending on when they get started assuming we can actually have a season 40 and 60 games so that's another reason why i'm not terribly terribly concerned about the goaltending because we're not going to be forcing koskinen to play 50 games well and it's it's, teams might have to split goaltenders even more than usual if it's a condensed schedule with like you could be playing four games a, a week for the entire schedule Absolutely. So you might be going back and forth more often. Mark, thanks for that. A couple more texts here. Uh, this texture says, when adjusting for shot quality, Koskinen was a top 15 goalie in the league. Crawford and Koskinen would be a great tandem. I think I think you're referring to Crawford in your text uh, texture. Would be a great tandem, but Koskinen can be a number one on his own. Trent says... Koskinen is a low-end number one. I'm completely comfortable with him playing 60% of the games as long as it doesn't go over 60%, but they do need a little higher-end number two guy. Well, I think that's going to be the big discussion. Uh, Not a lot of you are saying much about Kyle uh, Kyle Turris or Tyler Ennis, which probably means you're okay with it because if there's nothing to complain about, why write into old Wilkie? But we're talking about the goaltending, which is fine. That's a big storyline. We will catch up with Matt Benning, now of the Nashville Predators, when we get back. Former Edmonton Oilers defenseman Matt Benning, two-year contract with Nashville, $2 million. Matt joins us now. Hey, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations on a new deal with the Nashville Predators. Kind of a crazy week for you, I guess. Tell us, first of all, how it came together with the Preds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I mean, it was a combination effort of of my agent and and the Nashville Predators linking together today and and, uh, discussing what uh, they wanted and that sort of thing, and um, I saw... I mean, when I kind of found out the news that Edmonton um, um, maybe wasn't the best spot for me anymore, um, you kind of go through other teams' rosters and see where where you could maybe fit and have an impact. And, and Nashville was was definitely that team. And um, I think for me, I valued a, a good team, and and Nashville is exactly that. And um, they've been in the mix, um, not only to win, but I mean, win the Stanley Cup for for a while now so that that was important to me um and they uh they really valued me um calling me and and uh, just being honest and open with me and and i i uh i i found that uh i was welcome there and, and that sort of thing and gm did a great job and in uh talking with my agent and uh, very happy with the whole situation and uh excited for a new start 
When you look back on your time with the Oilers, Matt, I, I know you love being an Oiler. You're, you're from Edmonton, so you got to play for your hometown team. I, I was looking at your, your stats. You actually played more in your first two years than you did in years three and four, which is sort of the opposite of how it goes for, for players. Um, did you ever get a sense of why you were being used the way you were used? Was there any frustration along the way you had to deal with? Yeah, I'd, I'd say there was, there was some frustration there. I mean, um, I think kind of year two and a little bit in year three, I was um, – trying to find my game again. I thought this last year, um, I thought my game was solid. It's just, I, I was unlucky with, uh, with some injuries, but, um, yeah, I think, I, th- I think that, yeah, my time kind of went down as, as I went, uh, from kind of 15 minutes to 14 and then this past year. Um, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the coaches making that decision. They see, uh, they see whatever they see and, and um, they kind of give ice accordingly and, and that sort of thing. And um, I think if I look back to it, my first year, I was penalty killing a lot and I was giving me an extra minute to two and sometimes three minutes a night, depending. So, um, and I mean, last year I, I didn't, I didn't penalty kill um, at all. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones where, you, you can't really complain. You just got to work and, and worry about yourself. But, yeah, it was frustrating at times. And, look, you were on the Oilers team that broke the playoff drought. You got your first NHL point, NHL goal. You played with a couple of teammates that won the Hart Trophy and won scoring races and stuff like this. Do you, do you have a highlight or two, a game or a moment you're really going to remember as an Oiler? Jeez. Um well, I'm definitely going to remember um, my first year when we made the playoffs. I mean, that was not only special for me being um, in the NHL and playing a playoff game, but, I mean, I grew up watching this team and cheering for this team and and for the fans to wait that long. I mean, I, I was a fan waiting that long, and then I, I got to fulfill my dream and play in the NHL and, and for my home team. So um, that was extremely cool and special. Um because I, I knew kind of what, what the fans were going through and, and that sort of thing. So um, I'd say that moment was, was special. Um, obviously, I, I'm always um, thankful for the Oilers to, that they brought me in, kind of got my foot in the door, gave me my first opportunity in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was a tough decision for me to, to move on from Edmonton. Um, I, the guys in the dressing room are unbelievable guys, lifelong friends. Um, I think that was the hardest part, but I think for me just to um, continue my career and and um, take a step forward, I, I, I needed to have uh, a new look and a new opportunity. Well, Matt, we wish you all the best. I know it's a busy day for you. Thanks for fitting us here, in here on Inside Sports. You're always welcome on the show. Take care, man. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.